0: Welcome in guys, Gorilla Hockey with JJ Jerez and Jesse Montaigne. We're here to break down some more avalanche hockey for you today as we get closer and closer to the regular season. Jesse, how we doing? How excited are you that real hockey is around the corner? I mean, I know we put on this face of, (laughs) oh, I'm excited for preseason, which you are. You're excited to get real hockey. But now these games actually mean something, a little more weight to them and You can even smell that and feel that within the players, right? Their their vibe, their mindset, they're like, all right, we're getting ready for actual hockey here. Does preseason feel like it's changed to you? I mean, I think that might just be from our perspective, right? Because think about the years and the growth of this team where there's so many seasons where we're waiting for the next prospect. We're looking how the team's going to get better. This is very much uh, a group where we knew coming into preseason what it was going to look like mm-hmm. so I think I don't know if preseason as a whole has changed around the league because I really only have Avalanche preseason yeah, yeah, to yeah. compare it to but it, it definitely
1: here in Colorado has lost its luster I would say okay so that's where I was going with it because i I remember like vets used to not want to do you know play in preseason but that was pretty standard but i I also Feel like, and maybe this is just me misremembering, I don't know, but I do feel like back not all even that long ago, five ish years ago, your NHL vets, like they played in the preseason still. They got in three, four games, they played multiple home games. That, the, that last game was like pretty much your NHL roster, save for maybe one or two. I don't know, like Nathan McKinnon played one preseason game last year. It was the very last game at home. Uh and, and just like I feel like the, like like Miko Rantanen played
0: one. No, I'm with that. And I you know, that was even a conversation I was gonna get into later, and we can absolutely get into it now, is just where the where the team actually is heading into their first regular season game. I mean, you and I just came from a practice at Ball Arena. Yep. A couple guys visibly frustrated today, right? Yeah. I mean, there was a very up tempo off uh kind of day to up-tempo practice. We saw a couple guys yell, a couple guys slam sticks. I'm not sure they are to the level that they expect of themselves just yet. And you probably won't see them get to that level until, what, a week or two into the actual regular season. So it's like the the week or two of the beginning of the regular season is the real preseason. The actual preseason, they've just completely pushed aside and said, this is stupid, I don't even care about this. Dude,
1: yeah, I think you're right. I really do. I think you're right. Like, I I go back to the, was it 12-13, the partial lockout season? And I remember there were, like, training camps were, like, four days. Like, that was part of the whole thing was, like, the CBA was signed. We're opening training camps. There's no preseason. We're just going. And it was super, super sloppy, you know, out of the gate. Guys were all over the place. But I almost wonder if that. Like, that instance, the guys that were in the league and, you know, veterans now, were almost kind of like, oh, that's way better. I'd rather just get into the groove. Like, let me play once, and then I'd rather just jump into games that mean something. Because it really does. Like, I, I – and and you are right. I also do think that part of this is the the change of the state of the team. But, like, dude, I remember going to family sports for the open of training camp, and it was, I mean, like, packed, standing room only, Three, four, five rows deep down on the glass. They changed being down on the glass after COVID. But, I mean, like, you couldn't have fit as many people that used to go to training camp in the designated, like, viewing areas now, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there was just so many people, and it felt like there was a lot of hype around training camp and preseasons going, and, you know, I feel like it was always a huge topic of conversation that the games weren't being televised Again, I don't know if it's just people getting used to it. I heard none of that this year. Like, nobody even talked about, oh, we can't watch the preseason games. Uh, Like, it's still good crowds at training camp, but nothing like what it used to be. I just, it feels like there is way less of an emphasis on this time of year, all the way from players to fans. Like, it just feels like preseason and everything just kind of gets. Written off a little bit more, like the abs blew a three nothing lead the other night in that last preseason game with like close to an NHL roster, and I was like I couldn't be bothered less about how that all played out. Yeah, I mean you can go on and on about
0: your theories as to why that could. Sorry, that
1: is kind of what I was doing there. I was just kind of well.
0: I'm just mean. Like we could seriously sit here for days and days and be like, well, maybe it's this and Mm -hmm. maybe it's that. At the end of the day, I think it just an obvious flag of the season's just too long. It's getting to a Mm. point where everybody's like, man, I, I mean, think about last year, right? And we've already kind of dove into the mindset of the players this, this time last year versus now everybody was complaining about, of course, it was a shortened off season, but just the fact that you're already complaining about an off season in general, I think tells you right there, Hey, your season's too long. I mean, I, again, we could go on and on and on, and you know, as to what it could be. But these players are so good at taking care of their bodies; they're so cognizant of what they want and what they need as athletes. <sighs> I actually it's like this is... this is where we turn it on. This is where we crank it up to eleven.
1: I, 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 I so I actually do think that that right there is a huge part of it. You talk to any old school hockey player, like even Wayne Gretzky talks about this on the TNT panel. How like. Training camp used to be, that was where you showed up to get in shape. Get your beer gut away. Right, yep. right. Start, you know, get back on the ice. Start honing your skills All again. All the cigarettes you smoked in the summer. because <laughs> it
0: was the 80s and that's what everybody did. Right,
1: right. And now it's like, I mean, Jared Bednar runs his most intense physical fitness testing on day one of camp. It's like, no, no, no. You, you've got to be here in game shape. So I, I do think that that's mm-hmm. probably part of it, dude, where it's just like, we're, preparing all summer. We're we're doing training camp all summer. Well, and it's like the conversation you and I had today at
0: practice, right, where I I I posed the question to not only you but the entire media group that was there watching it with us is how much of a game does a power play actually take up mm-hmm. for a team? Yeah. versus how much they actually practice it, right? And I think you can kind of draw the parallel there that it it just when it's time to turn on the game that's when it that's when it's important that's when the guys know okay time to flip that switch it's game time yep. time to flip that switch we got to we got to learn you know we got power play coming up i actually lost how i drew that parallel in my brain but it
1: made sense when i first you're talking about like they don't need to spend as much time preparing maybe like in the off-season, like they like training camp doesn't need to be as long cuz they spend so much time in training camp getting ready but they're already in no, shape. No, I Was guess. that the parallel? I, it just hit me again.
0: Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for triggering that. No, just that um, the, the other things besides power play, they don't necessarily feel that they have the five-on-five, five, the, the breakout, the zone entries. They don't necessarily feel like they have to go out there and practice it. As long as they discuss the structure, they discuss the video, they all feel like they're on the same page. It's power play because they're such a good – opportunity there to mm-hmm. take a lead in a game they really want to make sure that that's honed in that everything else around it it's like oh well we trust that a you remember it from last season b you stayed in shape during the off season. that you're going to be perfectly capable of running this breakout or whatever it is mm-hmm. um so
1: that's that's where it that's well and I uh, so you know so i think maybe what you're talking about is not have you did you watch the johnny Manziel um uh, no. documentary on netflix no you should it's crazy but one of, them, they, one of the things they talked about on there, and he, like, openly owns up to it, is that his, because they give all of them, and it's the same for the NHL, they give them all iPads to watch film. And you can actually see, down to the minute, how much time they've spent watching film. And Johnny Manziel, like, the joke in that thing, he's like, I never opened it. I recorded zero minutes every week. And so what you're saying is kind of like there's all the stuff that's other than the power play. It's like, yeah, we expect you that you're watching film. You're going through notes. You're taking feedback. That's just the expectation. And I think how if this isn't – if people aren't completely lost yet, I think how we are tying all this in is like you're expected (laughs) to come into training camp ready to go. Mm -hmm. We're not – you're not showing up here for us to help you. the expectation is that you're ready to go on day
0: one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know if expectation, it's, that seems like a violent dictator word. I'd go with more like trust. They trust that the, the players are going to come into camp in shape. <laughs> yeah. They trust that they're all on the same page when it comes to X's and O's. The power play is the one thing they got to spend 80% of their practice
1: on. Some would say they trust that the players will meet their expectation. Yeah,
0: hey, maybe, maybe.
1: Sorry, I Somantics. don't think any of that was what you were wanting to talk about. but No, that's fine. That's fine. I
0: think that, that leads us nicely into a conversation of just, just what this team looks like right now. Mm-hmm. right? I mean, we had a couple guys that are now out of the roster, a couple guys that are in the roster that maybe we didn't expect. So I guess what's this team looking like for you? And for those people that say, hey, I don't turn on my fanship until the regular season starts. Yeah. I miss the whole preseason. Let's kind of catch them up and, and I guess fill them in on what this team's looking like heading into Night one here well, come
1: Wednesday. Well, so it's so funny because, honestly, the, the roster, I think, ended up shaking out exactly how we all thought. And the irony in that is that the Avs kept so many players around longer than they normally do, uh, you know, in terms of AHL guys, ECHL guys. Like, they kept a lot of players at camp, and then it just kind of seemed like in the blink of an eye – Yep, it's trimmed down. Here's what it is. Uh, really, the only thing that I think is not even necessarily like surprising, but noteworthy, is that Freddie Olfson gets wins the four C job. Uh, I I do think that that was Ben Myers's job to lose coming into training camp, and unfortunately for Ben, I I do just think that he played his way out of it a little bit. Um, you know, this is a dude that. In Ben Myers that that the abs were expecting to make the team out of camp last year. We're really high on him through the off season, coming out of college, the way he finished the year in 2022. And I think he's just ended up being a really good reminder and a good lesson in the NHL is very, very, very good. it's really hard to stay in that league, play in that league, be successful in that league. Um, But again, he, 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 moments last year so it came felt like coming into camp this year. He was who you had written in pencil at 4C, but I really do think he kind of played his way out of it. Freddie Olson played his way up into that position. Uh and the other thing too was Freddie Olson had a contract. The other the two PTOs that were also kind of in that you know contention for that spot, Yoel Kevy Ranta and uh Riley Tufte And that's where
0: I was going to go with your Ben Myers. I agree. I mean, back to trust, it seems like Ben Myers, Ben Myers has completely lost the trust of the organization. Ben Myers, Ben Myers. Uh, it it looked like with the PTOs, with the signings, they, they brought as much competition as they could for that spot because they were very unsure of what Ben Myers brought to the table. So yeah, Freddie Olofsson coming out the victor, I guess you could say. And, um, I guess I not to be confused with Victor Olafson. Right. Another NHL player. Yeah, or even Oscar Olausen. Yeah. Some yeah. people were still figuring out that there is an Olafson <laughs> and an Olauson. Um so Well I guess,
1: keep going, keep going.
0: Yeah, just let's get into Freddie Olafson a little bit. What did you like about him? What do you think the team why did he win that competition at the end of the day?
1: Well, so uh, damn, it's a good question. I was gonna I was gonna ignore your question and derail it, but we've I think the answer to your question is kind of the th- emerging is the theme of what we've talked about a little bit here, and it's trust. Jared Bednar likes to know what he's going to get, and he likes to feel like he's it's going to be consistent. And even if it's not perfect, he knows what he's going to get. He likes guys that work hard uh, in the, you know in that in that role, and I, I think that was kind of what it was. You're going to put Victor Olafson in between Logan O'Connor and and Andrew Cogliano, and I think he looked at that and said. This is going to be my biggest try-hard line, and I'd be willing to bet that it was consistency is what edged that out for Olafson. Jared Bednar feels he can trust him more than any of his other options that he had
0: there. Consistency, I think, is, is the key word there. Jared Bednar not only wants to be assured that you're going to be able to play to a certain level, but that you're going to be able to bring that consistently. Like That's his biggest thing, mm-hmm. right? Co- not only being competitive and having that – game fight in you but being able to bring it night in night out. he he said it
1: last year he said i don't like surprises (laughs) i don't like guys doing stuff that i don't know what they're gonna do and he's cotton he's gotten some criticism for it over the last couple of years the um you know safety blanket kind of lines where it's like yeah maybe got some more skilled players, but he likes going to this group of guys. He likes falling back on, you know, it was Matt Calvert and Carl Soderberg for a while. Uh, It was um, Andrew Cogliano and Darren Helm for a little while. Like there were, he's always had these and it's the trust thing. It's the consistency thing. Yeah. Maybe Alex Newhook has a much, much, much higher ceiling and more offensive upside than Darren Helm. But I know what Darren Helm's going to give me on every single shift. And I'm not that confident. With Alex Newhook. Um, And so I think that really was what it was. But I want to talk more about the top nine. I do. I do. Like, I think. I really like this team. Like, I really like the makeup of of this group, especially up front. I think they've got their depth back. I think they've got guys. I mean, like that, that third line of Ross Colton, Tomas Tatar and Miles Wood, like there's some like players on that line.
0: Yeah, and I think if you ask any of them they'll agree, right? I remember Nathan McKinnon's media day presser and it kind of seemed like over the offseason he just had to come to terms that the team they had last year just simply wasn't that good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh credit to the team itself for going out there and and recognizing the same thing and saying, "Look, we got to cut some we got to break some eggs to make this mm-hmm, omelet, right?" Mm-hmm. And they broke those eggs, they went out and got some new guys, they had to say goodbye to some others and Absolutely. This team feels short up. Jared Benard today after practice mentioned, and I thought it was a perfect analogy. It's like it reminds me of when we first brought in Andre Bergkovsky and Jonas Donskoy, and it really felt like, okay, this is a dangerous team. You're getting that vibe again. I mean, even you see PP2 out there. I think in years past, I'd roll my eyes and be like, <laughs> oh, PP2 is out here. Now PP2 Dude. is dangerous. That, that, that,
1: that PP2, maybe not a ton of teams, but there's probably a half dozen teams in the league where that the avs second power play unit pushes as a first unit mm-hmm. in a few other situations mm-hmm. uh but devon taves even told you and i today something along the lines of you know looking back that team last year just didn't have it just didn't quite have the right makeup that, that we needed but like he was saying like I'm looking at this group, and this is a fun, exciting group. We get. I think he even said we have our depth back. Um, because really, man, I mean that that was you go look at the twenty twenty two run. That was what no, just no team could skate with the depth. Nobody, even Tampa, they just didn't have the horses to run four lines against that Avs team. the 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 only team that had a little bit of the depth pushback was St. Louis because they had, however many you know, 10, 20-goal scorers or whatever. So, like, they had some of the offense, but they didn't have the, the high-end defense. They didn't have the high, high-end players that the Avs had. And it's feeling like that already a little bit this year. And we haven't even talked about Ryan Johansson, who I think had a really good camp. I really liked his preseason. Yeah, that's what I was going to get into. I was going to first say you can even see
0: with the quality of names that they're sending back to Loveland, Mm -hmm. not only the depth with the NHL roster, but the guys that they can pick from in an emergency, you know, knock on wood everybody if they really got to dig deep. There's plenty of names down there in Loveland. But, yeah, what excites us about this current team and this top nine is Brian Johansson specifically, as well as Jonathan Drouin. I think Jonathan Drouin has come in here and – I would say meeting expectations right yes. now. He's not exactly elevating himself. He's he's doing exactly what we expected of him. I'm finding I I, I guess I love that juxtaposition of him and Miles Wood. Right, you got two guys that are. Brought in here to make We're talking an about N
1: and Miles Wood. Yeah, okay.
0: Jonathan Drewen and Miles Wood, two guys brought into this organization to to make an impact, really improve the team, but do it in really two different styles. One likes to bang. One goes to the net. You know, goes hard and you know has that rough to and tumble against, style. Yeah. Jonathan Drewen is more of the finesse hockey IQ, and just watching his brain work has yeah. been just so pleasant and just fun as a hockey fan.
1: Well, and dude, this is where. We've talked so many times about it in, in recent years, the abs pro scouting and the organization being able to look at players and identify they do things well that we do well. They fit into what we do here. And a guy with N's skill set, his hockey IQ, the way he thinks a game, his, his just speed, raw speed, passing ability, he's got to stay healthy he's got to stay in the lineup but i'm with you it's been fun just to watch him and i think that this is going to end up being the fit that maybe that everyone always thought it maybe could be and i think just playing with players like nathan mckinnon miko rantanen like it's going to put him in a really 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 good position to succeed and i think all every guy that we've mentioned so far in terms of newcomers Jonathan Duran, Ryan Johansson, Miles Wood, Ross Colton, even Tomas Tatar, like, do they not just all feel like they're in really good positions to succeed? Like It's up to them to go out and perform, but holy smokes, it feels like they're all being put in a really good spot to have good years.
0: Yeah, not only that, they all seem to really gel well with each other. There's just great chemistry, it feels like, going on within that locker room. The other day, uh, you and I, after practice, were waiting to talk to some players, and as you and I were about to approach Bowen Byram, what happened? We, we, we had to stop because Bo and Byram, yes, Jonathan Drouin, and Thomas Tatar were finishing their conversation from the ice, working on the power play. It was really Thomas Tatar-led. He was trying to make sure he's doing things right on the yeah. power play. Yeah. And we're just like, here's two newcomers, and Bo and Byram just easily chatting and getting on the same page with the power play. It was just like, man, this uh, this just feels like a healthy locker room. Yeah. This feels like just somewhere where Jonathan Drouin comfortable being like, hey, bow. Am I supposed to be more on the right here? Do I, you know? And
1: because and Tatar was even, you know, again, I don't remember obviously word for word what they were right. saying, but he was saying something to your point of like, when I bounce out down low, if I kick out to the wall, like that doesn't make any sense. I'm not, you know, any use there. Let me flash through, let me, you know, and, and it was, yeah, like you said, just them working it through and it's like, Hey, we, we want this to be successful for everyone. And not that you get a lot of what I'm about to say, but like, there, it doesn't feel like there's any egos in there. There's no, I got to get mine. I want to make sure that I hit, you know, this, this, and this. I'm the guy that needs to be shooting the puck. Like, this feels like a group that's bought in. Uh, you know, Jared Bednar told us the other day that a large portion of the meetings that he has with new guys when they come in is talking about the culture and the expectations. Mm-hmm. This is what, not X's and O's. He's like, they'll figure that out. And to your point, we saw them figuring it out. But it's, you've got to be bought in. If you want to be here, we're we're trying to win the Stanley Cup. If you're not trying to win the Stanley Cup, we're not interested. And uh, it, it seems like all these new guys are, are gelling. Nathan McKinnon told us today, we're gelling really fast, I, th- I feel like. And so, you know, for, for, from that standpoint, I said it three weeks ago when guys started reporting for camp. I had conversations with a couple of folks that said, we're getting 2022 vibes. These are folks within the organization said just the way guys are showing up, the amount of guys that are already here, the conversations that are being had, the way that guys are, uh, you know, gelling in the locker room. This feels like two years ago.
0: I guess let's dissect that a little bit. What do you feel, I mean, from the team that we're looking at today, the team that we're going to see play on Wednesday in the L, in L.A. at the, the Crypto.com arena now? Crypto, which
1: JJ and I will both be at. Just want to make sure that that is out there. You and I will both be in L.A. for that first game. Mm-hmm.
0: Looking forward to it. Um, what, what has to go right? What does this team need to do to ultimately accomplish that Stanley Cup goal? How can they take what they have together, which is now – Currently, kind of a guy, a group of guys that are unfamiliar with each other for the most part. A lot of new names, a lot of new bodies in this roster, aside from the defense, which we'll get into in a second. What what do they have to do to mimic the 2022 team, which was so powerful, so mighty, just steamrolled through the playoffs, and there was no question in anybody's mind from the beginning of that season to the end of it, who was going to win the Stanley Cup that year?
1: Dude, I, I do think it's all between the ears for them. It, it's about keeping the focus that that group from two years ago had. That was what was most impressive about that, that playoff run, as dominant as it, as it was. And, and what you're talking about, they really – it never really felt in question, especially for us who were close to it. Like, we were watching this like, oh, yeah, obviously this is the team. Obviously these are the guys who are going to win. Um, but, like, that run to the cup was not, like, smooth waters. There was a lot of injuries. There was a lot of, of churn on that roster. And you just you couldn't tell because the team was so dialed in mentally and they were, they, they were all so in sync of pulling the ro- in terms of pulling the rope in the same direction that it didn't matter what happened. Nothing deterred them. Nothing stopped them from playing it an extremely high clip. And I actually don't think that they got enough credit for that same mentality last year. Like, dude, some of those wins were ugly, and sometimes the play was not as pretty, but they just kept finding ways to climb up the standings to the point where they eventually ended up winning the Central Division. Like, I don't know if they've gotten enough credit for how impressive that was. If you can keep that same mentality... No, you're not lying. Devon Taves mentioned that to us today, and I was like, oh, yeah, they did do that. They did win the division. (laughs) Yeah, like, dude, it's pretty crazy that they ended up doing that when you look back at not only the number of man games lost but who they were playing without for large stretches last year, mm-hmm. it is really impressive. And so if, if, if this team is dialed into that mindset, which I have no reason to believe that they're not based on what we've seen, if they get some luck in the health department, like th- this is going to be a really hard team to beat. you gotta, you got to continue to get consistent play out of Georgiev. Obviously, that's the linchpin in all this. And you got to get some luck in, in terms of injuries. But if you get those two things to some level, I I mean, dude, I, I think this is a really impressive group. That that was why, you know, you and I were looking at some odds over the weekend. They're sitting at plus 1,000 right now to win the Stanley Cup, depending on which book you look at. I don't know if you're going to get that good of odds after the Avs start playing in the regular Fourth season. Fourth best. Yeah. Carolina,
0: Toronto, one other team, and then Avs and Edmonton are tied.
1: I know we don't uh New Jersey. New Jersey. Uh I I know we don't get the up close looks at a lot of other team, you know, mm-hmm. especially sure. this time of year. But like I am just sitting there and even on paper I, I, what other team do you feel as good about up front on defense and in net? Yeah, I guess the the only question is 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 the
0: injuries, right? That's the only thing right. that's out of their control, yeah. and that I think is up in the air for everyone. I agree. All things considered, and everybody completely healthy, I think, Abs absolutely look like the best team going into it.
1: You know, like like honestly, who who has the high end on uh, on offense and the depth? Who has the high end? And you feel really good five deep, and you feel pretty good about the abs sixth and, and then, like you know, you came your time maybe Carolina, but the goaltending is a huge question mark. You know, like Edmonton, yeah, you've obviously got the 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 high end. There's no depth up front or on the back end, and really their back end they don't have anybody in the realm of Kale McCarr, Devon Taves. You can like like Matthias Ekholm probably the like the abs fourth, maybe fifth, depending on where you fall on Sam Gerrard, mm-hmm. you know, like, and Matthias Ekholm's the guy. New Jersey, yeah, but again, what are you doing in net? Is Dougie Hamilton Kale McCarr, or is he closer to kind of like a little bit lesser of Devon Taves? Like, I don't know. Morgan Riley's still the top defenseman in Toronto. That ain't gonna cut it. Yeah, no. I mean, you're just you're just laying it out
0: there about how improved this depth is. Yeah. Right. I mean, the second defenseman on this team would be a first defenseman on any team. The second center on this team has never played second center in his life. Has mm-hmm. been a lifelong one C. So mm-hmm. I mean, not only do they have the bodies, but the quality of bodies there are just. Probably even better than the 2022
1: depth, to be honest. I I agree. In terms of the quality. Quality. Like, dude, and now Tomas Tatar, he's had the playoff issues. Sure. But, like, that third unit of Tatar, Colton, Wood, like, like that's th- – that third line stacks up to any third line in the league. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean –
1: the, the 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 pound and,
0: for pound, it's probably probably the best third pound third. I can't
1: third pound, yeah. Third third line in the league. Uh, I can't
0: think of any that come to mind that might. Well, be well, and
1: and that's my thing. Like I said, obviously we we've spent the last two and a half three weeks very up close with this Avs team, so it's easy to get a little bit of recency bias. But like, take our opinions with a grain of salt. Right, but I I am sitting here running through even just those top teams that you listed that are right in there. Um, you, you know, with the Avs. In terms of odds, you know Vegas. Another one is, is that goaltending is Aiden Hill. Like, is that is that who Aiden Hill was, or is he closer to the fourth, fifth guy that he you know was when the Golden Knights started the?
0: Well, playoffs? I brought up the health. You also brought up the goaltending. You're talking goaltending right now. Let's get into the Avalanche goaltending because I think that, as it stands, might be the biggest Achilles' heel for this team. Yes, you want to see Georgiev really getting a rhythm. As long as he brings equal or better to what he did last year, you're going to be in great shape. But you still have kind of that question mark, and what do you do on his off nights? What do you do uh, if Pavel Fransuz isn't back in the near future? I mean, I don't know if Eustace and sold anybody, including the team itself, on his ability to carry a, a, a second role here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, let's move on. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I... You know, man. I I don't know. I, goalies are so weird. Just in terms of like, there's so much of it that's mental, and if you can battle through the mental grind of it, like you can, you can get some good starts out of Yusuf Hannanin.
0: Yeah, I think he's he's
1: capable here and, and
0: there, but I I just see flaws in his game that yeah. aren't NHL caliber well, I agree flaws, you. right? Like, And that's a that's challenge with goaltending in our modern NHL. People want size. When you get size, you sacrifice athleticism. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see in Eustace Annan, right? He does a lot of great things from, a, um, I guess, just his form. Mm-hmm. Right. from a technical standpoint. Techni- that was the word yeah, I was yeah. looking for. Thank you. The technical side of his game is on point because he's a student of the game. He's watched videos of himself. He's been through coaching. He's had UC parkola on his side. He knows what to do. It's about when you're in that game situation, when you're battling that third, fourth sequence shot, are you still up on your knees or are you in up flopping around on your side just trying to make a miracle desperation save? And that's where I think he really kind of has his flaws. He he. he the athleticism side of it, I think, still needs some tweaking. And not saying that he can never get there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But right now, he's just simply not ready, it seems to me. I'm well, just not sold on what it.
1: What you're talking about is what makes Andre Vasilevsky such a unicorn, right? Is mm-hmm. that he's massive, but he moves like Semyon Varlamov. Right. Like, he's just wildly athletic for that size, and that's what makes him a one-of-one. One. Um, I, I don't know, dude. See, to me, and this is a bad cop-out answer, but, like, I need to know what's going on with Pavel Francouz, Because if this is, like, a month, you know, if he's back by American Thanksgiving, no. Don't go get in the goalie market. Give and in five to seven starts between now and then. Get what you get out of him. And, and because I know the organization is still high on him, get him some NHL starts. Get him that experience because I agree with you. I don't quite think he's ready. But, like, let's – start getting him more and more up to speed. And then if Fransos is coming back and you feel comfortable that he's coming back and he's going to be able to be healthy, then I think just roll with you. Alexander Georgiev likes to play a lot anyways. So I think just roll with it. What I don't like is that nobody that I talk to seems to have an idea on Like Nobody's sure at all. On a timeline... Nothing. And so, like, that's the part to me that's like, well, one, can this team even afford to add another goaltender? Two, okay, you're going to LTIR Francois to make room. Okay, does that mean he's out all year? When he comes back, are you going to – pass a goalie through waivers that, that you're... They've either... never
0: been afraid to do that in the past right? I mean, Jonas Johansson was kind of like that. Keith Kincaid was kind of yeah. like that. And they, they've never been afraid to carry three goalies. <laughs> but, but... Plus, we heard today that they are kind of set on having 21 players heading into L.A., which tells me, hey, they, they have some wiggle room to either pick somebody up, maybe there's another move waiting to be seen in the next couple days from, you know, whatever
1: waiver claim could potentially be out there. Um... Yeah, but again, they just financially they aren't in a position to carry a third, because to have a third, you have to LTIR Frankie. Which if he's coming back, you can't just carry that third guy. So what are you gonna send? I mean, yeah, another Keith Kincaid type down to the AHL to take time from Eustace, like, it's, it, you're, they're in a weird spot. Yeah. And, again, it, thankfully it's your backup goaltender. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I think Pablo Francois, when healthy, is one of the better backups in the league. Mm-hmm. So, like, that definitely sucks a little bit. But, yeah. like, at least you're not talking about your number one. Well, and you're talking about a team that can play
0: in front. I could stay in the net, and I think the team would protect <laughs> so yeah, me pretty that, well. That
1: was my thing, not to just, like, shit on Aiden Hill for no reason at all. But that was my thing with him. It was like Vegas played such outstanding I mean, team structure and is that team not defense. How the
0: Avalanche won with Darcy Kemper in net with one eye.
1: Totally, but like I was watching that last year, I was like, no one should be putting any stock in what Aiden Hill is doing right now. He's literally the fourth guy that they're doing this with.
0: Well, and I think that's why the Avalanche were comfortable stepping away from Darcy Kemper because they were like, bro, we're not gonna give yeah. you this much money. We could get
1: well, dude. The next guy. On- honestly, I-, I wouldn't even be surprised if George McPhee and Chris McFarlane have like talked over the last couple of years, like, hey, I think we're the only ones that are on to the fact that if you build a good enough team, you don't need, like, an all-star goaltender. Yeah. yeah. If, if you build your team the correct way, with you know, and and playing the right structure, you can kind of get away with whatever back there. And I think that's what the Avs are doing, and they just so happen to get a, a Vesna caliber season out of Georgiev last year. And if he continues to do that, like, dude, we talked to him today, he's calm. He seems like... He's even. He's an even keel dude, Mm -hmm. Georgiev.
0: I agree. He is even keel, but I love the way he kind of has his own personal little fire, right? I've talked about it a lot last year. He just has this competitive drive inside of him that pushes him to continue to get better constantly, right? He never is okay with himself. He's never gonna say a single bad word about the players in front of him. His finger. Is always pointed at himself, Mm -hmm. and I respect the hell out of that from him. And I I think he is a – I'll call him a B-plus goaltender. I think he's really good. But playing with this team elevates him to an A A
1: goal. And and, and I want to make sure we give him some additional credit because there were stretches last year where he carried the load for this group. Like, he, he did a lot of heavy lifting for this group when the injuries were, um, you know, really coming in fast and furious. But, no, I'm with you. I, I think behind this group, you can shelter your goaltenders a bit. That's part of the reason why, like, we were having the conversation amongst a handful of the media folk walking from the locker room down to the uh, uh, media room. And, you know, people were saying, like, oh, well, they need to get a goaltender. Who's on waivers? And, and – I'm just not really in that boat, dude. Like, I just don't think that that's a huge priority for them right now unless you know François isn't going to be back. Or, He's not going to be
0: back. Or I think the other scenario is Eustace Anadin goes goes out there and gets lit up and has to get pulled right i think yeah
1: but you, but you've already seen him in nhl games in the last couple of years where and that you've hasn't seen some happened
0: real yeah. flops right
1: right but but my point is like i don't think one game where if he gets chased is going to scare anybody off like I, to me i think that shouldn't be the expectation but like if you're starting him on a night you, you are not going into that game with the same like oh well this is Pablo Francois he can bail us out if we need like that's one of those games you got to be strong in your structure you've got to be smart defensively you've got to be communicating and you got to put Use this in, and in a position to be successful, and if you do that, he can turn out whatever performance he's fine.
0: Uh, I I don't love it, but I don't really think I have a strong enough point to make yeah, any see, of our see, listeners like, be like Jesse's an idiot.
1: See, like I don't love it. That's how, like, that's where I'm at with the goal thing. I don't love it, but who really cares? Mm-hmm. You got a starter who openly says I like to play 55 plus.
0: Yeah, I just think if it is a cup or bust type of mindset, you can't get lit up six nothing and be like. Hey,
1: it's cool. We'll give him another shot next week. Well, yeah. I mean, th- that's obviously. Yeah, th- yeah. that is a crazy hypothetical situation. That, that...
0: A 6 nothing is a hypothetical? Yeah. You don't think Eustace Ananen can get lit up 6 nothing?
1: Do you know what hypothetical means? Yeah. It means, yeah, this might happen. Sure. And you're Yeah, but sure. it's happened. We've seen yeah. it get lit up in the past. It's not that far out of reality. Yeah, the Avs also hung 7 on Andre Vasilevsky in the Stanley Cup final. Like, shit happens. All right. All right. Um, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not concerned about it enough to go make a move. How about that? Right now. But what On I'm saying is October you can I don't think you can.
0: 8th i don't, I'm not making a move. I don't think you can give him the leash to get lit up, have a bad showing, and just be like, you know what, we'll just keep riding him as our backup. See, I see. Let I, your give, just play more.
1: Again, I, I think one game, I absolutely think you can have that leash. One game, if he gets lit up in one game. You can totally have that leash. He's your backup goaltender. You don't play him for a week. I'm no-nonsense kind of guy. And then you, and then you roll him back in. No oh, nonsense. But, but again, so what are you going to do? So he goes out and gets lit up 6 nothing. let's say, in San Jose Send him next back week. to
0: Finland. <laughs> um, no, I wanted to get into the, uh, as we mentioned, they have 21 guys on the roster. Jared Bednar, whether he's bluffing or not, said that's what they're going to carry into L.A., that one extra guy being Curtis McDermott, meaning... They're going with six defensemen here. I yep. guess your thought on rolling six where some of us were waiting to see if they were going to keep that seventh. Sam Malinsky looked to be the front runner for that, um, and they did not keep the seventh.
1: <laughs> yeah, poor, poor Sam. He, he was there today, and we all thought maybe he had made it. Last cut of camp, Sam Malinsky. Uh, JJ, I actually think you cracked the case on this one when, when we were walking down the hall at Ball Arena. Uh, you said something that I think is 100% spot on. They're about to head out on a three-game road trip with just six defensemen to start the season. That's not typically something that you'd see a team do. You'd like to have an extra one around. There's two days in between every game on this road trip. Two full days. There's an off day and a practice day. If they need to bring a guy in, they'll fly somebody in. Two games in California, one game in Seattle. They're easy flights. They're quick flights. Um, I I think part of the reason why they kept Sam Malinsky, to me, he's the first call-up. Based on what we've seen, They're viewing him, Sam Malinsky's the first call-up. I didn't think it made much sense for them to keep Sam Malinsky as a seventh. I thought he would have had to outright beat out Jack Johnson for a job. And I just don't think that I can say, like, yes, he was clearly better than Jack Johnson all of training camp. Um, and, And you don't want a guy like that sitting. So to me, I'm looking at this as we're taking six, we're taking 21, but I'm expecting a guy or two to be added to go back home like there's going to be some movement on this on this road trip.
0: Yeah, they've done that a lot with Brad Hunt in the past, yep. right? And I think they basically found a replacement to do that with. Now Sam Malinsky's that that first guy up rather than Brad Hunt. Not that we're not going to see Brad Hunt. Right. But Brad Hunt is just in his element in the AHL. Well,
1: and, uh, yeah, he, I mean he's he's a a perfect like the definition of a tweener player. He's a uh, Brad Hunt is like one of the best AHL defensemen, and he struggles to stay in the lineup at the NHL level. Unbelievable dude, all of that stuff. I think we've raved about Brad Hunt enough on this show. People know he, AHL All Star. Don't forget last AHL year AHL All Star. He didn't get to go to the
0: AHL All Star. Yep. Event.
1: Yep. Captain of the, with Colorado. Captain of the Eagles. Um, I mean, just a, a great dude all around. But they're passing him through waivers right now. If he clears, but you know, noon tomorrow we'll know. If he clears, that gives them, I believe it's 30 days of, they can send him up. I think
0: he cleared this morning.
1: Really? hmm
0: But that's okay. Irrelevant. Keep going. I was
1: going to say, doesn't matter. Either way, if he clears waivers, if he's already cleared waivers, they can send him, send him down, call him up, send him down, call him up, as much as they want. I believe it's for the next 30 days without having to pass him back through waivers. He did clear this morning. Okay. Sorry, I'm getting all – because now is the huge waiver push from all these teams. There's a bunch of guys coming through every day. Um, but so, you know, that gives you some flexibility with a guy like Brad Hunt. I expect one of Brad Hunt or Sam Malinsky to make their 2023-2024 uh, Avalanche debut at some point on this trip. Um, I mean, I don't know. M- maybe the Avs, their 60s stay healthy the whole week and – play well. And And I
0: think that's the thought, right? It's so early in the season. It's going to be something freakish to take any of these guys out of the lineup. If something freakish happens, they can easily make the call.
1: Maybe Josh Manson. He's the only one that they keep saying, yes, yes, yes. He's good. He's good. He's good. You're right. But it definitely sounds like they are walking a fine line with monitoring. Yes. And, And so like we were all saying, we were trying to figure out why they were wanting to do that. But I think you hit the nail on the head earlier today when you said there's two days in between every game. If they want someone to come meet them in San Jose after LA, that's pretty easy for them to work out. I'll never forget when uh,
0: Peyton Manning was in town as the Broncos quarterback. And I think John Elway was asked something about their backup. Like you mm-hmm. guys don't. And, the quote that always stands out in my mind, he goes, we're going with plan A. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it feels like the Avalanche are doing yeah. there with their defensive group. They're not going to.
1: Dude, d- does that not feel a little bit like, ow, what, what the entire mindset is around the abs is right now? We're going with plan A. We're going with the best players. Like Jared Bednar said the other night, how much it like killed him to pull Nathan McKinnon off the ice for a five on three in the dying minutes of a preseason game. He's like, you'd never Normally see me. Do I'd never that. take that. And, and, and I mean, like that, dude. We're going with Plan A. Really does feel like what the abs agreed, but that's all, is.
0: all the more importance to their health, right? Plan A is not gonna hold up if they have the health luck that they've had last year, even two years prior, right? Yep. I think the only good. Wave of health luck that they had was right before the Stanley Cup playoffs in 2022. (laughs) Like, literally, right before, right? Mm -hmm. Even that whole year, there's in and out of lineup guys, and just everybody happened to get healthy at the right time is the perfect storm. So, I mean, everything's riding on
1: that. And that's so out of everybody's control. They just tough. They can't have, and and again, it's nothing that they did, it's injuries, it's out of their control. They can't have another year like they had last year where it's every day. It's every day someone new is getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Every period someone's going, you know, leaving the bench. You got new guys being like, if you're, if you they're not having that, and they can settle in. Because you're right, twenty twenty two was not like they had injury problems that year too, but they had enough stability that they were able to like get in the rhythm. Last year's had no rhythm. If this team gets in a rhythm, look out.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. There was a bit of a rhythm uh, towards the end of the regular season, I would say, but. Last year for the Yeah, last year. Sure. Um, Last thing I really wanted to get to, Jesse, was just looking at not only the start on the road here for these first three games, but just the whole month in general, right? I mean, Mm. two home games in the entire month of October. I guess, do you think that's a hindrance on the team? Does it help the team? Or do you have the same answers as a lot of the players? We don't really care.
1: We just want to play hockey. See, I I actually, I, I do think they care. I've been told by players in the past. You telling me they lied to us? Yes. (sighs) Players lied to the media. What? I've been told by players in the past and by coaches. They like starting on the road. They like having a nice road trip right out of the gate because you're fresh. It's not like you've been away from you know your family all you know all year for the last four months. You're coming and going. You you've had the off season. You know Jared even talked about it today. Yeah, they're all together, and yeah, guys go and get lunch stuff, but they're all going home, they're all going to their families and well, their own that, kind of separate things. Think about it this way. There are guys on the roster
0: opening night that Nathan McKinnon still hasn't played with. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right? Th- that, that, yeah, played in preseason All the games. more so he testament what, to what we were talking about earlier, almost the first
1: handful of games in the regular season is the preseason. Is the preseason. Well, And, and, and like now instead of leaving the rink and going back home to do – what, you know, everyone as individuals likes to do by themselves with their family, with their kids, with their you know, spouses, whatever. Like now it's like, no, you're going back to the hotel. You know, 10 of us are going to go out and get dinner. The other 15 of us are going to go out and do that. Like there is just a lot of team building that I feel like goes on and, and, you know, on these road trips and it's good to get them way, them out of the way early in the year because you're not, you haven't had the grind of the schedule yet so I actually do think this is a. I think it's a good way for them to start the season, especially with so many new faces. You're going to get a lot of the guys. You know, Nathan McKinnon told us the 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 chemistry is already feels like it's really good.
0: Yeah, it does a lot. I think it's it's you know obviously more time together. We've we've you know we've really gelled really really fast. It feels like right now, which is great. And um, you know, all the personalities the new guys have mixed really well with the guys that are here, and it's uh, it's been really easy.
1: Now you're just going to get all these guys in one place. They're going to be doing dinners, drinks, hanging out before practice, after practice. Hey, let's, you know, we're going to walk to the rink together today, you know, whatever. Like I do think this time of year, these road trips are good. If, if I'm a coach, if I'm a player, I'm a GM, I like to see a road trip no, like this. For sure. Start.
0: Helps you work out some kinks too, yes. right? Uh, definitely gives you a little extra video, classroom time, what have you.
1: And it gets you out of your comfort zone immediately because you don't have matchups. You don't have last change, thing like things like that. So, you know, you've got to, Start rolling with the punches right away, and it maybe makes coming back home that first time a little bit easier. Hey, we've already got a win, you know, under our belt or, or you know, whatever it is. Let's just go out and play. And so, I, I don't know. I, I like this. So, that's your response to
0: the opening road trip. What about okay. the entirety of this month, right? I mean, two
1: home games in an entire month. Well, well, so, so what I'm saying is if you're going to have a road-heavy month, have it be the first month. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that that way when when the schedule and the back-to-backs and the real grind of it all is catching up with you, you hopefully cuz like they have a couple months coming up that are very home heavy. December is very home heavy. What a what better month would you right. want it, than exactly, December too? Exactly. You're home
0: for the holidays, it's snowy in freaking Colorado, so you just want to be warm next to your fireplace at home, not yeah. in some hotel.
1: Right. So so I I I, I my opinion on this, it's good to start with one. But I do think if you're going to have a road-heavy schedule in any one month, it's get it out of the way in October.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I kind of take the approach of who really cares. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you're going to have the same amount of road trips as you're going to have home games at the end of the year. So well, and, just get and, out there and focus on high.
1: And that's what some of the boys were telling us today, too, is where it's like, yeah, we're going to have to play road games anyways. Mm-hmm. And, again, we're at the start of the schedule let's let's get into right. it. Might as well just do it. Hel- and it helps you get in the swing of things, right? Yeah. Get, get back on the road. Get used to Again, being Again, things that-, that
0: you should be working on and getting the kinks out in preseason kind of starts night one of yep. NHL season. So lastly, Jesse, let's look ahead at uh, I guess the schedule. Obviously a little road mm-hmm. trip here. L.A. Kings, San Jose, Sharks, then the Seattle Kraken. Two days in between each game. So mm-hmm. a nice little break and a nice little resets there. And I think you and I are probably going to be back for another podcast after Game One. Um,
1: yes, yeah, we, yeah, you and I, yeah, we'll have a. So bunch. So we don't have to look too deep on the yeah, schedule, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I yeah. guess
0: let's just look at that quick little road trip. What's a successful road trip? I mean, two two of these games, in my opinion, are must haves, and that's yeah. San Jose, Seattle. Yeah, L.A. presents a little bit of a challenge to me, but I think three and O is completely within.
1: Yeah, us. I I think three and O is on the table. If you're coming back at two and one, I think you feel fantastic. You have to get a win out of the trip, um, but I think two and one should be what the goal is. And I'm with you. You have to, San Jose is projected to be the worst team in the league this year. You have to beat them, and then Seattle. Logan O'Connor. I don't want to give away all of what he told us today because we had a really good, really interesting conversation with Logan O'Connor. But like, he didn't. He didn't say this, these words exactly. But like, he basically told us like we're pissed off. Like the guys that are in this room that lost in seven games are pissed. Go show everyone how pissed you are. The, the ABS team, this ABS team is so much better than that Seattle team on paper. Give Seattle a ton of credit. They they worked their asses off. They had great depth last year. They lost some of that depth. Well, and their analytics,
0: darlings, from what I've heard over the offseason mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, Seattle, you mean? Looking back. Yeah. They had a very high shooting percentage that I don't know anybody expects to be sustainable Mm -hmm. so it might have just been a flash in the pan hey here's a little bit of success and they might regress a little bit I
1: I, I like their team but yeah they definitely played over their heads in that first round but like go in there and get your pound of flesh you know what I mean like you everyone in that room is talking about how motivated everybody is for this Mm -hmm. season you get a chance you, you get a crack at the team that knocked you out right away get that win you know like beat San Jose beat Seattle and, and, and you know, I I think they can beat L.A. I think they should beat L.A., but, like, that's a good team. L.A.'s a good team. They're Actually, a good team.
0: remember a time last year you and I watched the Avs in L.A. and L.A. took it to Colorado. Mm. So L.A. is not a lay-down team. They, nope. they They've been rebuilding for a few years, and they keep getting better. I don't know if you remember. Home, home opener for them. Last year they were my Stanley Cup pick. I remember. <laughs> uh, But... uh. No, they've they've got a lot of promise there. to See what the goaltending brings. That was really their their Achilles' heel last playoffs. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I, it's not even just about whether you win or lose, Jesse. But if you cover the spread,
1: you're the worst. <laughs> uh, yeah, it should be a fun trip. I'm looking forward to it. We'll be there for all three games. Uh, you and I will be in L.A. Team building ourselves. Team building ourselves. Yeah. So we're uh, yeah we're, yeah we're, we got a bunch of new acquisitions here as well. So we got to get on the road and get settled in but dude I'm looking forward to it um I'm excited to be in California absolutely starting to cool off here
0: I'm excited to really get going and and start getting some momentum with this podcast and with all our content here at Gorilla Sports yeah it's been awesome so far
1: dude it's been awesome and and really the support has been fantastic and it's tough because you know we all have so much stuff that we want to do but we're still you know so early in all this and everyone's Running in every direction a little bit. Everyone's wearing four or five hats, but, dude, I'm, I'm really excited because we've all had some really good meetings and stuff leading up to this week. We've brought a you know, couple pe- more people on kind of behind the scenes that are going to help be able to push a lot of the content forward, get it pushed out and all of that stuff. So, like you said, I'm just excited to start getting in the groove with all this stuff, and, and it feels like it's been a lot of buildup both for us you know, here at Gorilla individually and then just the hockey community as a whole. And So um, it's just excited to get rolling on all this, man. Yeah, and the off season,
0: which again I've said a hundred times, felt like the longest off season that we've experienced is coming to an end in real hockey, hockey that matters, hockey that matters. So uh, yeah, that'll do it for us today here at Gorilla Sports. Yep. Those and thoughts?
1: Well, no, I was just gonna say. So we, uh, you and I, will have a ton of content from the road. We will have a podcast in LA. Uh, we should honestly have at least one other podcast coming from the road, uh, whether it be in San Jose or or Seattle. I'm not quite sure yet. Um, but we'll have a, a a guest on for that one, and we're just gonna have a bunch of cool content coming from this whole week. So make sure you guys are subscribed. Uh, we do have I will uh, I'm gonna be posting the link today. Uh, I'll post it with this uh, pod, but this will be the first pod that lives on the Gorilla Sports YouTube page. Uh, so you can subscribe there. Uh, make sure you're following us on X and Instagram and Threads and all that good stuff. Like, comment,
0: subscribe. Uh No, yeah, that'll do it. Follow me
1: for more money-saving tips.
0: <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We'll be back next week. This week. This week. See you later. Thanks.